UX Podcast Episode 164. You're listening to UX Podcast, coming to you from Stockholm, Sweden. We are your hosts, James Roy Lawson. And Pat Axbom. With listeners in 171 countries, from Botswana to Estonia. Eric Meyer is an American web designer, uh, consultant, and author. He's best known for his advocacy work on behalf of web standards, most notably CSS. And much like ourselves, Eric has more and more come to speak about how we as digital designers alter other people's lives. And in this interview, recorded on location at the From Business to Buttons conference earlier this year in Stockholm, we talk about design ethics, and we asked Eric if he could start us off by sharing the moving story he started his presentation with. So one morning in January of 2014, I was sitting in the living room of my house, and uh, my daughter Rebecca was playing on the floor right near me. And... The way the sunlight was coming in through um, the front windows and falling across her actually reminded me really forcefully of this uh, picture I had taken of her um, several years before when she was just a baby. Um, and so I asked her if I could take her picture, and for once she actually said yes, um, instead of doing the usual thing of like throwing up her hand or you know telling me seriously, Dad, um, which was a, a favorite thing. Uh, so I went and got my camera and I took some pictures, and um, I actually got a few that that really echoed that that first picture, which was kind of what I was aiming for. Um, but what I didn't know uh, as I was putting the camera away was that um, Rebecca's cancer had returned. And um, right around the time I took those pictures, uh, a tumor was starting to grow from a ventricle uh, in her brain uh, behind her right eye. And 149 days later, um, in the early evening of her sixth birthday, uh, it killed her. It's an incredibly powerful and emotional start to a talk. I mean, both Per and I are fathers too. So, uh, I mean, I, I can feel now the, 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 the emotion that I receive from, from hearing it. And, and, oh, and I thank you for starting your talk like that. But it's an incredibly good opening to the, the talk about how then Facebook would present uh, memories of this in, in, a, in a happy fashion, in a, framed in a way which is... Yay, remember your year, remember these great memories. Yeah, they, um, some people who are listening might remember that there was a news story uh, at the end of 2014 about how Facebook was apologizing for a year in review. That mm. was actually my fault. Um, <laughs> I yeah. was triggered because I got in this timeline ad for a year in review that showed mm. one of those pictures that I had taken that day um, in this design context that assumed happiness. Right. It was literally like a clip art party around this picture of her face. Um, and, and I just, so I just, once I got over the sort of the, the, the shock, the, um, that's not quite the right word, but I, I don't know if I have a word for it. But once I sort of recovered from that moment of, of like horror almost. Um, Is that like an intrusion almost? Yeah, how, how it, it, it was more than that. It was, it, it was both... I've been given this picture in a, in a moment that I wasn't expecting, and mm. it's been given a context that is... I mean, it, mm. it, it's kind of horrible. Mm. It's inhuman. No human would do that, right? No mm -hmm. human would say, yes. hey, yay, your child is dead, mm. right? That's, 
yeah, I mean, no. that feels horrible just to mm. hear me put it that way. Um, but anyway, I, I took some screenshots because the design and analysis brain sort of kicked in. And then I just wrote this blog post about it and it went viral. And mm. it became a news story because Facebook apologized. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what did it. Um, it might have been a minor news story, uh, except for that. Um, but they learned from it. They, they really have learned from it. Um, maybe not as wholly or fully as, as I might hope, but they, you know, year in review in 2015 yeah. and 16, the, the design of it and the timeline ads have been um, more neutral in a sense, but, but j just less assumptive of happiness, mm -hmm. right? Just more, hey, the year is now over and you might want to look back. If you'd like to, here's where you can do that, mm -hmm. right? Which I think, it, I think is a more human thing to do. Um, to to mm. say, hey, you know, remember all the stuff that happened this year. Want to talk about it or w whatever? Right? Um, it, it, sometimes it's hard to translate these things directly into human interaction, but mm. they're they've become much more um, respectful, I think, of the idea that you know, if you're Facebook, you have 1.5 billion monthly mm -hmm. users, right? This is like literally a fifth of the adult population of the globe, and um, it's a big sample size. <laughs> it's a very big sample size, and not everyone's going to have had a great year, mm, yeah. right? Some people are going to have had horrible years, the worst years of their lives. Some people are going to have meh years, yeah. mm. and some people will have great years, mm. right? So that, that 2014 design just assumed awesome year, mm. and now it's much more. There are lots of different kinds of years, and if you'd like to relive it, here's a way to do that. Or if you'd like to you know, go back through the highlights or the, the, the major points of it. But you're saying they're doing a better job, but uh, I also heard you say, I mean, it's really difficult as a user to turn it off. So I can't really yes. choose or, or adjust it. Yeah. Manipulate yes. it. Yeah. Um, so their, their related product called On This Day, mm -hmm. um, which shows you, you know, if today is April 27th, it's, you know, say, hey, here's a post from two years ago on this day that you might want to see, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to suppress. Mm. If if there are specific dates, uh, like I had to show my wife how to suppress the, the range of time, basically from just before that that tumor in 2014 was mm. discovered, mm. Um, because we didn't discover it for for several weeks after that moment of taking the picture, um, to a couple months after uh, the funeral. Um, it's not easy to find. Mm. Um, and, and I wrote a blog post a few months ago basically saying, here is how you do this. Mm, yeah. And it's weird. I, I, I occasionally, it will come up, like I'll see mentions on Twitter. It'll be like, mm. oh my God, I had no idea you could do this. This is so useful because, you know, there's this period of time. I don't want to get mm. memories from, mm. you know, for whatever reason. I wish that they made those more obvious. Yeah. I, really, I really do because um, both, to tr both to turn off and then later to turn back on because um, I know that in my process, for example, there was certainly a period of time and that six months later was part of that time where I, I didn't want to have stuff thrown at me without warning, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Which is what Facebook was basically doing. You know, saying, hey, here's a thing from three years ago. I was like, oh, right, that, why, why am I saying, I don't want to see this. Um, but now, I actually like to see many of those. 
there mm. are still mm. there are still periods of time that I would be more careful about. I actually I personally haven't blocked anything because I want to see what the experience is for somebody mm. who yeah. doesn't know yeah. about those preferences, exactly. which is ninety nine percent of the mm. world probably. Mm. But um, yeah, just the ability because when it comes up, there is a little chevron that you can click on to get a little drop down. Mm. And one of your options is I don't want to see this again. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you know to open mm. that menu. Mm. Mm. But then once you've done that, basically what, you've, what, what they've said is, okay, we won't show you this thing again. Mm. But, they're, they're but, not, the one, but, but the, the one they're from not two that hours later or the one from the day before, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's good, that's good so to go. So what I wish they would do in that situation is say, okay, you don't want to see this. It, you know, is there something about this time? Would you like to like, specify a range of time that you mm. don't want to see from? Because you know, if I were not me, um, if I were just sort of a... a, um, a an average user of Facebook, I might see that and say, yes, okay, I want to block th this month of 2014 mm. or whatever. Mm. And then a couple of years later, as, as is the case now, I might want to turn it off and, and start to see those memories again because there's a period, especially in intense grieving, where you don't want to see those things randomly. But then I think at least for some people, and I know other people for whom this is true and it, it's becoming true for, for me, I kind of do want to see this again. Mm. Now it's 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 certainly bittersweet, but it's nice to to have those reminders mm. um, again to remember, you know, happy times. Mm. Um, so I wish Facebook made those things more obvious, um, yeah. but they don't so far. At least not last I checked. Yeah, there's a, there's an, an awful lot of complex um, uh, aspects to it. It's like yeah. uh, you certainly would have had a happy, a really happy memory during maybe 2014 at one point because relatively like if there's a day success in treatment for example or something right. then then that c that's one of those things that would get thousands of likes on Facebook because everyone around you would understand the the, the importance of that and how, how happy they will be for you right. and then that kind of comes crashing down a few months later so as yeah. an individual item it looks really happy in yeah. context in a wider context a more human context yeah. it's not appropriate it's not suitable yeah that's one of the big risks that they take and that any any sort of time-based memory type app like time hop mm. for example takes is that um you know well an example that i that i showed in the talk um, that somebody sent me is where they uh they're both for year in review in 2014 the basically at the same time that i had my experience and then on this day later in 2015 they were shown a picture of a, a sonogram mm. of a pregnancy that had that ended in miscarriage. Yeah. Right. So of course at the time that it went up, you know, they were like, here's yeah. here's mm. our, you know, the new latest edition of our family is coming in like a million likes and comments mm. and congratulations and I'm mm. so happy for you. Mm. Right. So by any by any measure, sentiment analysis, analyzing the likes, you know, natural language processing, like this is something you're gonna want to see again. Yeah. Mm. But no, it's not. Mm. Right. And there and there's no way for code to to anticipate that. So you know, if if you're going to do something like this where it's like, hey, here's something that happened in the past, you should at least make it really obvious how to turn that off either for in, in total or for this thing or for a range of time or, you know, don't, don't show me memories that involve this person, whatever it is. Because, you know, uh, I, I talked to someone else who they got it on this day um, that they had, they had posted um, uh, the day that they took possession of their new house with their their new spouse, mm. um, that marriage ended badly a couple of years later, mm. and so 
you know, just to be able to very easily say, you know what, any memory that involves this person, I would not like to see right now mm -hmm. because I, I'm going through a, a you know, a, a very difficult process of, of recovery right now. But then later, you know, maybe it becomes, okay, I've, I've dealt with those emotions, but this was still my first house and I'd still like to remember it even if it has mm -hmm. those extra connotations that, I've, that I have now dealt with, mm -hmm. right? Because these are the sorts of things that can take a long time to deal with. Right, so, so to make those design decisions, Facebook really needs a lot of empathy and compassion, but it also, in their case, needs to deliver business value. Yeah, and you know, the risk that they're taking mm -hmm. here is that in a situation like, in these situations like we've described, you know, the, the house or the sonogram mm -hmm. or, or the picture of my daughter, you know, there are people who, who don't, don't have to, you know, they don't think about design, that's not their job, that's not what they do. They don't know about things like preferences that, you know, that much, they're, they're, mm -hmm. and they're not, they're not interested in digging through Facebook to figure out how to customize it. Like Facebook is where they go mm -hmm. to talk to their friends. But if these things become difficult enough, they might just leave, mm. right? And you know, we can say, well, how's Facebook ever gonna miss one person out of 1.5 billion? But that's, that's A, very inhuman in a sense, mm, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's very, very negating in a sense. And it's also, if that happens with enough people, mm. right, and, and enough stories circulate and enough people say, oh, I'm, you know, because if someone leaves Facebook over mm. this, they're gonna have to tell everybody because yeah. everybody expects them to be on because Facebook. they vanish from right. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, well, they vanish from Facebook and so they have to let people know so that people don't, don't say, oh, are you not coming to the thing? We told you about it on Facebook weeks mm. ago, right? Mm. You have to tell everybody, look, I'm, this is our sort of digital community. Mm. I'm pulling out of it for these reasons and so that everyone else sort of has that, uh, a lesser but still you know, transmitted re reduction of trust. Yeah, there's a seed also being sown. Right, exactly. Where someone says, oh yeah, this friend of mine quit Facebook because yeah. da 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 mm. right? And so it, 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 it keeps propagating. Mm. And, and so if enough of those things build up, people leave. Yeah. And, or they, they, they block about it, mm. which again, my intent was not to like shame them or call them out. I actually, my, the, the post mm. was all about, this is something we need to think about as designers, yeah. right? This yeah. is just one example. Mm. You know, they're not unique. Facebook is not uniquely evil or horrible at this. Like we all do it. Right? Yeah. That, that was my point, but. Well, face yeah. Facebook is just such a, it's just so massive, but we've never had a system as big yeah. as Facebook before. Mm. So of course it's going to throw up wonderf wonderful it's and lesser wonderful examples of yeah. the, um, I think towards the end of your talk, you said about you know we're we're doing stuff that's we weren't designed for as humans as in to cope with, mm. and and Facebook I think is the is the example of of how we've we've pushed ourselves mm. beyond where we were. I mean a very mm -hmm. short space of time, relatively yeah. short space of time. Yeah, it's pretty much been a decade. Exactly. I yeah. would say. I've, I've yeah. got friends now starting to you know they're, they're showing that our ten years on Facebook um, celebration yeah. thing that Facebook is. Yeah, crazy and, for them. and and ten years of iPhone. Mm. Yes. Which is, I mean, yes, there were other you know, online devices, but iPhone is really what kicked off the whole thing where we, we, we always have a connection to the hive mind mm. all the time, mm. basically. Yeah. And you know, it's, I've, I've actually had a very different experience the last few days because now I am in Europe and Europe data and American data and American carrier plans are horrible. Mm. Like nobody in Europe would ever tolerate the kinds of uh, mobile carrier plans that we have in, in America, but whatever. <laughs> um, so I've basically, I've, I've, because of the, the data charges that are available for my phone, I've been restricting myself only to Wi-Fi. So when mm, I'm walking right. down the street, I cannot pull up a, man, a map, right? Uh, oh, of yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Right, to mm. say, okay, wait, I'm mm. here, and I, I can mm. go there, or whatever, mm. you know, all those sorts of things. Like, hey, what's this building? 
I don't know. <laughs> and right now I have no way of knowing. Like that's, it, it almost feels weird now to be able to say that. Whereas of course, 10 years ago, you would just say, I don't, I don't know what this is. Let's look for a plaque. Let's, yeah. you know, let's write that down the yeah. name on the yeah. front of the building so we can look it up later. Or, or talk or to a person on the street. Exactly. Or Excuse talk, me. Or do talk you know what to this building is? Like, what's the, yeah. what's yeah. the deal here? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all those, all those things. It's weird how in, you know, it, it's only been 10 years and yet literally centuries of, of, of what you would have to do yeah. now seem really weird and alien. And that's, that's really a good example of, because I mean, the bigger uh, theme of your talk really was how we as designers alter the course of people's lives and, and how we have a deep impact on the future of society. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just in these cases that impact so many, but all of us as designers, as individual designers, whatever we're working on, make a difference so we impact people's lives. Yeah. And perhaps we don't stop enough to think about that. Yeah. Um, an example would be, um, I know that this happens in America. I don't know if it happens here, um, where um, many corp many businesses, the job application process is purely online. Mm. So if you're not online, mm. like there are fewer job opportunities, yeah. like fewer yeah. channels to, to try to find work. Um, you know, maybe you can go to a public library and use that. And that's what actually what public library computers in America get used for. Mm. A lot is for people who are trying to apply for jobs or, or, you know, interact with the government, right? Because there's this, there's, is this assumption that, well, everybody's online. Well, no, not everyone is online, right? Um, exactly. and, we're, and the people who are not online are, are really being left out. But the design assumption of, well, everyone's online, let's just put it all online, then there's less paper, we're mm -hmm. saving the environment, et cetera, right? All these yeah. positive mm -hmm. things, right? People can apply whenever. Mm -hmm. They don't have to come in when the, uh, when the office is open or whatever that is. Um, those are all positive, but there are real negatives that maybe haven't been thought through. Mm. That's like, one of my big takeaways. We, we can create both delight and pain with the exact same design. Yeah. Uh, the gist of your talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's 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 one of those mm. sort of irreducible mm. problems that we have mm. um, as digital interactive mm. designers is that, um, you know, we're designing for huge crowds, but everybody feels that interaction as being mm. personal, like literally personal, Yeah. right? Mm. And so people take it personally when they're blocked or when, you know, if they hit a barrier that nobody designed mm. as a barrier, Right, there was never the intent to be a barrier, and yet they hit it, and it feels personal because you're, you know, like you're doing it in bed at night before you go to sleep on your on your handheld device, mm. right? Even though somebody at Facebook was like, "Wow, I got a design for mm. you know, 1.5 billion people," mm. that's still every single one of those 1.5 billion interactions feels completely personal. It's a really hard challenge, and we're not going to get it right all the time, mm. uh, but but just by trying. Um, we earn at least some, some trust, some capital, basically, mm. with users mm. to say, okay, well, this, this situation was really negative, but there have been so many other good experiences that I'm, I'm willing to cut them a break. Mm. Right. I kind of, I, I, I jokingly say um, occasionally now about life as an edge case, because mm -hmm. um, at, at times it just feels like we're, we're plowing through um, experience after experience as mm -hmm. an edge case that's right. not the primary design thing and right. I'm battling through them one after the other and, and you know, the organisation themselves don't see that I've gone through 15 edge cases today because they're 15 right. different organisations but mm -hmm. as an individual that's right. my life. And, the, and the, the danger with the term edge case is that it, it actually 
linguistically sets us up to push those things to the edge, yeah, to exactly, the side, yeah. and to say, mm. well, I'm not going to worry about that, right? Yeah, we're designing yeah. for the 90%, yeah, the 80-20, yeah. right? Like l people yeah. literally say we're designing for the majority, not the minority, but like in in some sense, every one of us is a minority in some way, yeah. right? Not not in the sort of the formal definition of minority, but like for me, I can't stand the taste of chocolate mm -hmm. and eat chocolate, <laughs> right? That makes me a very small minority. <laughs> yes. right? Desserts are not designed for me, right? And I, and I get that and I've, and I've uh, adapted to it um, o over time and it, it's helped by the fact that I literally cannot stand the taste, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like I feel like I'm necessarily missing anything, except in some cases there might be, well, all of our desserts are chocolate. And I'm like, well, and I'm, I'm not having dessert or I'm not having dessert here. But when we say edge case, right? Um, Evan Hensley uh, once said to me, um, the term is telling it, define, you're, you're defining the edges of what you're willing to care about. And we really need to push those boundaries out. So mm. actually in the book that Sarah Walker Betra and I wrote, we advocate for the term stress case, okay. right? Because mm. it stress tests your work to think about those cases, right? Mm. To say, okay, what have we, what have we d d planned for this banquet for 100 people? Mm. And have we thought about people who have this allergy or that allergy, you know, is mm. there, is there something for vegetarians? Is there something for vegans? Is there a dessert for people who don't want chocolate or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and you, again, you can't necessarily think of every single one of them, but just by trying to do as much as you can, you're, you're, you're doing better than most designers, mm. honestly, <laughs> if mm. you, if you, if you just, if you make that effort and the uh, Microsoft's inclusive design practices, mm. uh, site, they have, um, a lot of information for free where they show how taking that approach of thinking about the stress cases in effect, I don't think they use that exact term, but um, thinking about stress cases that makes the design better for everybody, right? Mm. If, you, mm. if you make it so that the Xbox can be played by someone who only has one hand, then it's easier for people who have two hands, mm. right? Or, exactly. or um, you know, if, if they make it so that voice chat is much more usable for people who are literally paralyzed, right? Everything mm. is, is vocally driven. Then anyone can use that, that same vocal interface and maybe they prefer it, mm. right? Mm. So it, it creates more robust experiences. Yeah. I said one one final thing. now because if we're if we're saying that we've managed to we've we've engaged with our compassion as individual designers, right. do you have any quick tip of how we can maybe get others to engage with the compassion because we've got it now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean that's tough. I th I think probably the best way. Um, I mean certainly to talk about it, but. Mm. Um, for for many people, just talking about it isn't enough, or they might they might only see the downsides, yeah. right? Oh well, I have to think about everybody that you know. If I design for everybody, I'm designing for nobody, which is not yeah, necessarily true, but I I understand where that that sort of impulse comes from. Um, just to show, okay, we did this thing, mm. and it was much better for many more people, right? So we had whatever success metric. Right, so to be able to say, you know, like 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 they do at Microsoft, um, you know, we made Skype more usable for people who are blind, and now it's easier for everybody. And mm. you know, we had X percentage uh, increase in engagement, mm. or mm. you know, um, X percentage reduction in complaints about the experience of using whatever it is. Mm. Right, to to sort of show these use cases of how these sorts of things can be applied. But really, I think what it comes down to is is just sort of making the case that look, we're, we're helping people. We're not helping users, we're yeah. helping 
people, right? It's easy to think of users mm. as sort of behavioral puzzles to be solved. Mm. And, and just to remember, look, these are actual people with really complex contexts mm. that we, we can't know everything about, mm. right? And we can't know what everyone's context is. And, you know, so to, to try to, to be more engaged with how can we help more people, you know, by maybe sometimes that means that we don't joke in our copy, but, you know, Joking in your copy is a really risky thing to do. I mean, you know, joking around with people really only works if you know their sense of humor really well. And even then you're taking kind mm -hmm. of a risk. But, you know, to, I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, we've seen people whose, you know, joking tweets on Twitter suddenly go viral. Yeah. You know, because they were talking to three people who sort of got, like, this is how we joke. Mm. And then suddenly it's, you know, a hundred thousand people have stopped by to tell them what a horrible human being they are. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, mm. You know, I mean, mm. maybe they are, mm. in but context, maybe they're not. Yeah. Mm. In context, it mm. kind of worked, but yeah, out of context, it's yeah. offensive. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, thank you, Eric, for oh. increasing our awareness for being on the show and for all the fantastic work you've done for the web professionals over the years. Thank you for mm. being on the show. It's been an honor. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. So through this whole story, and it's it's such a powerful, moving story, and it gets actually harder to listen to each time. Uh, but it was great listening back to this interview we did with Eric now. When we were talking about settings, uh, you realize that there's no way that you can anticipate, there's no way you can predict all the things that can happen in a person's life. But I cannot even predict in my own life what will happen. So I cannot beforehand set the settings that will protect me from, from the future uh, designer's work. So it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a catch-22. You You'd can't do the settings before you know the outcome. Exactly, yeah. The, mm. the, the horse is already bolted. You, you can't predict the future, mm. so you yeah. can't go in and set all the settings. But also, it's, things change. Context change. Things happen. Mm. So you can't go in 10 minutes before something happens to change your settings so that you're protected. You know, we haven't, we haven't got DeLoreans. We're not going back, backwards and forwards in time to kind of get the settings right, right before something you know, happens to us. Even even after the fact, it becomes so complex. We we're even talking about that. I mean, perhaps I would like to. I don't want reminders of these three months of my life, but I want reminders from all these months. So it's like, how how granular uh, can you do those settings? It's, it's impossible. It's it's, it's completely yeah. unsustainable. It's completely yeah. impossible to deal with and to and to, and to manage. Um, I mean, I I I love what one of the things I like from the conversation with Eric was talking about how you know we we can't know the context for sure. We, we we can't know the situation that the users are going to be in. Mm. Um, we're always making presumptions, um, and uh, and that means we're always on in some ways we're always on thin ice, aren't we? Because um, I guess we're always wrong. Even if <laughs> even if no, well, even if we have done research and and we have oh, yeah. we have met people, we've we've looked mm. at data, we've we've looked at stuff. We're 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 still inferring so much. We're in, inferring context and 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 the user situations based mm. on. Uh, data or anecdotal, anecdotal mm. data that we've gathered, um, which we're presuming applies to the to, to everyone in in you know that might use our design. Right, but you can't meet all the people because you can't meet two billion people. Uh, and the future so hasn't happened, like you said. So you don't yeah. you don't know. <laughs> we, we mentioned in the interview about how you you don't know how many um, like poorly designed things someone's been subjected yeah. to in that day already, or it, it might be just a, a bad day at the office, and then mm. your design comes up and it's just not the right context for them in that situation. Mm. We couldn't have known that. We can't know mm. that. Right. And I love what he says then about how, how people 
are not puzzles that we have to solve because uh, we cannot solve them. No. Uh, so, I mean, it's so we're doomed, basically, as designers. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because we can't, we can't turn everything either into to like vanilla, um, plain, boring, beige, um, year in review designs. I mean, everything can't be so stripped back and plain because that would just be an incredibly dull place to be in. Um, and I still don't think it would get the context right because it would be context-less. And that's almost as irritating as, as having some contents in... I mean, not not in the example that Eric gives us. It clearly is an improvement. But in many mm. other situations... Um, it's like Facebook, um, just today, threw up... Um, it's seven years today since me and you became friends on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I saw that but it well. was, But it's, <laughs> it's an utterly... It was utterly kind of like meaningless. Oh, it was just just vacuous video of of just random pictures of me and you, mm. com- you know, together over the last seven years. And and it says you know, we like each other a lot, three hundred, no, four hundred sixty five times. It didn't really have any context. Didn't mean anything. Mm. Um, it was even more absurd when they, it, it did the same video with the same, you know, uh, patterns and and design um, balloons and things about me and my brother. Yeah. Saying, you know, you've been friends on Facebook for 10 years. Oh, wow. And there's no, there's no friendship quite like <laughs> yours and Patrick. And well, he's my, he's my brother. I mean, what, can't you even, ne- didn't even name really it was my brother. It's very strange. Also, they should know it's your brother. They do know it's my brother. It, yeah. it was all yeah. very peculiar. I yeah. got a bit weirded out by how, how, um, how odd that, that memory or that, that you know, review of, of years together, friendship on Facebook with my brother was. But in some sense, you ha- I mean, as a designer, you have to try and predict some scenarios, but you can also be better at apologizing and allowing people to report easier and, and, and bringing things like this that happen, that happened to Eric to the, to the table of, of designers and having them realize, oh, my God, look at what we did mm-hmm. and have that discussion. It's so important. Um, so it, it becomes both plan, plan for the edge cases that we talked a bit about, but also plan for because you know it's going to happen. It's going to happen sooner or later. Something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to be hurt by your, your design. Hmm. How are we going to respond to that? You need a communication plan for that. And that's something I don't, I don't think a lot of designers think about or organizations think about. Yeah. No, I mean, this is, we're going beyond error messages here. Now we're talking about, yeah, properly, how do we, how do we say sorry um, in a meaning, exactly, yeah. meaningful and useful how way? How do we fix things? Yeah. And how um, fast can we fix things? Yeah, yeah. If you if you do need to, I mean, we, we the whole thing with edge cases is a yeah, or stress cases. I think even Eric mentioned that the, um, you work out the things that cause the most stress and distress, mm. and 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 try and fix some of those. But it's it's a it's a never ending number of things which might happen because of the fact you don't you can't predict mm. all contexts and all future contexts. Um, mm. You just you're just making a, a educated guess based on the research of what might be the case. Right, um, but, but uh, like you and I have talked about before, when you, when you talk about accessibility, uh, you could focus more on bringing in people who are in need of the accessible tools, rather than not actually bringing any of the people who are sort of normal functioning, if I may say that. But hmm. so if because if you solve it for the edge cases there, you will solve it for everybody. And here I'm thinking, uh, if you bring in only minorities and solve for them. Uh, then perhaps we could solve m- for everybody in yeah, a sense. I like it. it. It's it. It should be better. I mean, I think we've w- we've we talk a lot about the the eighty twenty 
uh, we you know these focus on 80 percent of of the of the of the use or the the, the scenarios and then you know the, twi- the other 20 is edge cases mm. that we can't really focus on you've, mm. you've you've got that time limitation you've got to decide what to do with your time um but but that does cause us problems because the edge cases then aren't dealt with so so maybe though we can do something like you know if we're if we're thinking about backlogs and how we're planning things, perhaps we could say, all right, for every for every mainstream stories that you you're working on, for every for every four um, main main features or primary features you're 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 planning and designing, you've got to include one edge case. So yeah. so you have you have an eighty twenty balance. So so at least twenty percent of the time you're spending hundred percent of your attention dealing with an edge case, so that we Which don't. We, and that would mean one day a week. Yeah, and I like that because then you have one day a week always set aside for thinking about the risk, doing a risk analysis of what could happen if things go really wrong. Yeah, that could and be that could be the design. Could be hurt. Yeah, yeah, right. That could be the designing you do is is designing the the the, the crisis management for that. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be a feature or or something. But but yeah. if we if we if we follow the eighty percent eighty twenty rule, but mm. apply it to to what we're focusing on, not just kind of what, who we're catering for, mm. then. Um, then perhaps that's a good way of, of of bringing in accessibility and attention to edge cases and stressful situations that maybe get squeezed out um, in so many situations. Right, and you're also helping people on the team, uh, devs, managers, designers, to keep it top of mind. Think about edge cases top of mind, which means that when they design other things, they will also bring into whatever they're building, uh, these things that they're thinking about on every Friday, if you say if you, every Friday we think about these risk scenarios. Yeah. Oh my God, let's, what, what could happen here? So people become more attentive, more involved in designing f- for the bigger picture. Yeah, I think that's one of my take-homes from this now. I'm gonna, uh, whenever I catch myself um, defending, no, I suppose explaining or communicating a, a design and, and saying, well, yeah, no, but I've done it this way because that's the main thing, and and yeah, this this, this situation will happen, but it's kind of an edge case. Mm. I'm I'm gonna try and bite my tongue and think twice about that, and and um, see if I can push maybe a little bit harder with the edge cases. But you have the time restraint, so it is difficult. But I'm not gonna let it go away. I think as often. And and that's the thing. I mean, you have to think about time and money and 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 the potential costs when mm. when th- something goes wrong. Mm. Uh, uh, how it could even hurt the brand uh, or whatever. Mm. And that's the th- and now we're talking about businesses, public spaces where profit maximization is, is <laughs> what they're after. So, I mean, it, it's a hard arena. It's a tough arena to work on when you're trying to be ethical and, and think about all these situations. It is. Trying to be good. I mean, that's, we, are, we, we, we are generally good. But, I mean, we've, you know, we've, we've, that's one of the things that usually defines us as UXs is that kind of willing, willingness to do good in our design. Exactly. So, so the, um, the we try to do good. Sometimes, even when we try to do good and have done all the research, it, it turns out bad, and we just have to realize, okay, so we have to accept that and, and just act accordingly, and, and try to be better people by learning all the time as well. Yeah. So, uh, where do we p- people find us, James? Uh, well, you can find um, all the show notes and the full archive um, of all our episodes at um, uxpodcast.com. Um, if you aren't already a subscriber, though, then you can always add us or subscribe to us from wherever you're listening to us now. If you are already a subscriber, then perhaps you could spare us a f- few minutes and, and rate us or review us or even just click the thumbs up uh, button if that has one in the podcast client you're listening to us on. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side.
Knock, knock. Who's there? Art. Art who? R2-D2. <laughs> I just watched Star Wars yesterday. That's awesome. <laughs>